you are welcomed to this safe space in this place and time with SoundMind. A conversation I will bring to you with me, myself, and I, ranging from topics from A to Z, unscripted, unedited, and straight from the heart. I look forward to sharing with you. All I ask is that you open your mind. Feel with your soul. And listen with your heart. And together, maybe we can change the world one healing step of growth at a time. Hello, and thanks for joining me on my front porch today with Sound Mind. There's. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine last night, and when it came time to wrap it up, say your goodbyes, etc. We were trying to get each other off the phone, being silly with each other. And finally, my friend says something along the lines of, I don't like long goodbyes because there's always tomorrow. And I said, okay, beat it. And we laughed and hung up the phone. But there was something about his last words to me that really resonated close to my heart. And I I wanted to I wanted to talk about death today. We've all experienced it in some way, shape, or form. Whether it be a loved one, a friend, a pet, an aunt, an uncle. And death comes in all shapes and sizes. You know, there's that prolonged journey of a loved one who's fighting an illness and you're waiting by your phone waiting for that call at any moment that could come. And there's ones that are just extremely abrupt.
And I, I sit and ponder sometimes about which one I would prefer for myself. You know, would I want to endure a lengthy period of fighting and struggling, trying to hold on to the the inevitable coattails of what appears to be life but is actually really death or would I like it to be quick you know how would how would I want my loved ones to to be left what type of pain would I want them to be left with and that's a really fucked up question but I'm sorry um trying not to swear on this thing but honestly it's really challenging so um i'm just i'm just gonna be i'm just gonna be um anyway so like the ones left behind you know like we've We've never experienced death. I mean, we're, we're still here. We experience it in a completely different way. And as I mentioned before, this resonates very close to my heart. And I have wanted to speak to you about this in a third party, to be honest, because I felt that if I disconnected myself, that it would be easier to talk about. But it's not. I'd like to tell you a story. I'd like to tell you a story about a 17-year-old girl at the time, me. My second apartment actually just moved a couple blocks from my mom. It was great. First boyfriend, you know, um, (laughs) living that um, white picket fence life with my who I thought would be, you know, the rest of my life, Prince Charming. And we lived in a neighborhood that had a lot of kids the same age as us. And yeah, I can look back and and say that I was a kid, you know, even though I was 17, well, initially 16 moving out, but 17 at the time with my own apartment and and living that lifestyle that none of the other kids in the neighborhood did. Um, that we very quickly became the cool spot to hang out at. My boyfriend made friends quickly, and I was just the homebody. 
you know, doing what I do, doing what I still do, taking care of everybody and being that ear, that advisor, the good cook (laughs) and just being needed, right? And along came these group of brothers that, uh, I'm telling you, extremely talented bunch of boys. They were all good at something ridiculous. So they were a great asset to our team. Um, And they had this little brother. He was probably about 11 or 12 at the time. Um, just, you know, that little brat brother that nobody really pays attention to and gets left at home, alone at home, watching cartoons and playing video games while they're out and about. And, and, um, they were raising themselves, actually. Um, so this little brother very soon became a very big and prominent part of my home and my life. And he very quickly became my little brother. And he, he was great. Just, he just wanted to give and care and be accepted and be needed, you know, like any child wanting to put their best foot forward and be accepted by others. And uh, we built this bond that continued throughout our lives, just growing stronger. And incomprehensible, I can't even say the word, incomprehensible, (laughs) sorry, nobody ever understood the love that we had for each other and why we had it for each other. We helped each other in such different ways through some really tough times, you know? And, um, so, you know, we grow up, we have our lives, have children. He actually started dating, um, the daughter of, of my children's father at the time. And, um, they had a family, beautiful family, And life just went on, and I continued to be that support for him and that ear and share those words of wisdom and that correction. And And, you know, I tried to protect him. But for some reason, 
no matter how loud he spoke, how afraid his spirit screamed, how scared that little boy inside trembled. Nobody could see it. Nobody could see him except for me. Because I've known him. I, I, I knew him. He He was my brother, you know, in such a deeper way, although blood never shared our paths. It was stronger than that. And his cries for help were continuous for years. And no matter what, I was always there for him. Uh, it didn't matter what time of day. It didn't matter what condition he was in. It didn't matter who would get angry. I was always there for him. Always there as a listener, as a shoulder. He could show up at my door anytime. He knew how to get into my home. If no one was here, if he just needed to sleep or sleep it off. Um, and... I was a constant in his life of people who he knew he could count on and that was important to me and and not because I I needed to feel valued but because he needed to be heard and I was able to hear him. So, one day, last September, as per usual, he's down in the city, having a night of the town, you know, a very hard worker. Um, he'd grown up quite extensively from the crazy fiascos he used to uh, dabble in when he was younger. And, um, so being more responsible on his nights out here in the town, Toronto, um, I'd get the phone call and, you know, I knew to prepare my couch and prepare my ears and my heart because it was Dr. Philomena in the house. <laughs> That's what I called myself. Dr. Philomena. And that's how it's been for years and years. And one day last September, I wasn't in a position to have him in my home. 
there were some major family issues going on and it was just not the appropriate timing and and I shared that with him and and he said to me he said it's okay you just have you know you deal with your family but the way he said it was just weird you know like it, it was over text but I, I know him like I said I know him it was weird so anyways the night goes on the morning time he reaches out we're connecting you know kind of missing each other throughout the course of, of our activities and um, I came in from doing some gardening on that rainy day and I noticed that I missed his call. Immediately, you see, you see at the top, the missed call, right? So then I opened up into the messages and I saw some things that he shared with me that were very personal and very scary and some demons that he was fighting with, he wanted to share with me. So. I immediately, knowing that he was not in a very good space in his mind, I picked up the phone and started calling him and messaging him over and over again. And calling and messaging and calling and messaging. And no response. So I was sitting there speaking to a family member of my home and I was just expressing how concerned I was and, and it, it had gotten to a point where I was speaking to her and when I was speaking, it was as if a light switch had been flicked off from inside of my body and everything started shutting down. All my motor skills started shutting down and everything started going black and I started to slump to my left side. And I looked at her and I said, I have to sleep. And I just fell over and slept. I couldn't tell you how long it was that I slept, but it was the strangest feeling. I was awoken by a phone call from my daughter and I picked up the phone and immediately I said to her, I said, Asia, Call, call your sister and ask her if her husband, my brother, is okay. And I shared the experience with her. And she wanted to talk and share some things. And I said, please just, can you just call? Can you just call her, please? And like, I, I've been trying to get a hold of him. I can't get a hold of him. So anyway, we get off the phone and she calls me back about 15 minutes later. And I pick up the phone and I'm like, okay, so like, is he okay? Like, has she heard from him? Like, what's, what's going on? 
and and she said to me she said She said, Mom, I, I don't know any other way to tell you this, but your brother's dead. And I share this story with you today. To tell you Wait until five minutes from now, pick up the phone, pick up the phone and tell them you love them, pick up the phone and fix it, fix it, fix it before it's too late. You know, I was blessed <laughs> to know that he left this world knowing that I I love him and that I tried my best, but <laughs> I cannot help but keep beating myself up for missing that call. They play over and over in my head, over and 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 over. It's like a horror movie. And it's 
as much as you know so many things and you hear and all these motivational things that I listen to and people telling you, oh, it's not your fault and there's nothing you can do and it would have happened either way and it's all about timing and none of it matters, man. You're like in the center of it. You just want people to shut the fuck up. <laughs> because all you know is that you didn't do all that you could do. <laughs> that one time, that one time I wasn't there. Stop being selfish. Stop being selfish. You have a brother out there, a sister, a mother, an, an aunt, a cousin, somebody out there that you're estranged from. Just do what you gotta do, man. Just freaking man up, woman up. Call that person up for coffee. Go sit down, talk about your differences, figure it out, because there's no guarantee for anything. And you don't want to be sitting there like I am. But even worse, because you didn't have closing moments, you know? You don't, you don't want to be sitting there full of regrets. On top of the pain. And questions. <sighs> so... In answering my question to myself, what kind of death would I prefer? I think I would prefer a prolonged one. Because I've experienced the two and, well, witnessing the two. And a prolonged one, at least there's a lead up to what's going to happen. So you're prepared, there's more preparation preparation involved and closure and you're able to get things settled. But when someone is just snatched from you, I would never want to leave my family with that on their shoulders. Thanks for joining me today on Sound Mind. I'm going to leave you a little something that I wrote. I hope you enjoy. Maybe enjoy is the wrong choice of words because I wouldn't wish on anyone 
the burden of having to conjure up a two-minute long synopsis of their loved one's entire life and put it into words. In memory of Jack Raymond Leadham, May 13th, 1979, to September 13th, 2020. It is with deep love and much support that we celebrate the metamorphosis of Jack Raymond Leadham. He emerged from his chrysalis on Sunday, September 13th, 2020. And with his new colorful wings, Jack ascended towards the heavens. Those left behind to watch him take flight, along with many other family and friends, are his beautiful wife, Sarah, and his beloved four children, Cheyenne, 19 years, Maya, 16 years, Devon, 14 years, and McKenna, 9 years. On Sunday, May 13, 1979, in Mississauga, Ontario, Jack was born the seventh blessing into a family of nine to Mother Joan and predeceased Father Jack. Taking his place as the fifth boy, you can only imagine the many adventures Jack, or Jackie as they called him, brought to his tribe that has added an abundance of hilariously wonderful memories. These childhood adventures will be reminisced fondly by his, in order of oldest to youngest, brothers, Tony, Francis, Joey, and Ricky, and sisters Myrna, Angela, Joni, and Brenda Lee. Jack will be dearly missed by his second family, Virginia Losher, the late Alex McKay, Naughton, Yoti, Pasokis, and O'Damon McKay-Losher as well as Anna McKeek McKay. His time with this, in this realm kept us full of laughter, love, joy, hope, and on our toes with the sense of humor always ready to pull the next prank out of his wild imagination. Although his visit here on Earth was minimal, those who were touched by the warmth of Jack's energy, agree that he definitely made a maximum impression on both their hearts 
and their minds. He had this unique way of helping those around him elevate through his own truths and captivating presence. It was this presence that made his passion for life explosive. And everything he set his mind to achieve, he accomplished with much detail and always with a smile. Jack enjoyed his work, but the smiles on his family's faces when he was able to provide unity, comfort, and lasting memories for them was his driving force setting the best example he could for them of hard work and the importance of family. His desire for music, dance, and motivational encouragement assisted in strengthening these qualities of personal growth and healing, wishing the same for all he held close to his heart. So, as we hold his memory closer to ours as well, Let's take his words of love and let our hearts guide us through this journey of life, enjoying every moment as our 